Hello everyone and welcome to Filtered the Podcast. This is episode 5 and it is the the second part of the two-part series Pushing Back Against Madness. Part 1 was all about um, looking forward to the year 2030 and what would that year be like if trans extremists um, have their way. And I interviewed Professor Diana Kenny. Um, about uh, the cult of uh, transgender ideology. And if you haven't had a listen to that, she says some absolutely fantastic things and and not everyone will love it, of course, but um, it is really um, time to look into this cult that has seemingly overtaken um, the Western world. This episode is on something related but different. It's on self-ID and the fact that in many countries now, an individual can identify as whoever they like. Um, in many cases, there's no uh, medical assessment needed. There's no psychological assessment needed. You can simply identify as the opposite sex. And I know there's been some ridiculous cases of people identifying as animals um, but that's not the to- <laughs> the topic of this one, of this uh, episode. Um, I talked to two important people on this issue. I speak to Leah Whiston from Queensland. Leah is from the Standing for Women Queensland organisation, and she is part of the group fighting back against the self-ID um, legislation, which um, has been introduced by uh, Shannon Fentiman, a politician from Queensland. So we'll be hearing from Leah. We'll also be hearing from Angie Jones. Angie Jones, a women's rights advocate from uh, Victoria, uh, instrumental in bringing uh, Kelly J. Keene out to Australia. And we'll be talking to Angie about self-ID in Victoria. Because it seems both of those governments, both Labor governments... Um, Anastasia Palaszczuk and Daniel Andrews are dead keen on this. And uh, we'd start to wonder why. Anyway, first off, my discussion with Leah Whiston from Standing for Women, Queensland. Uh, Leah, what has made you so interested in this particular issue? Right, so yeah, my name's Leah Whiston. I've been in Australia, Queensland for nearly four years now. Um, and I wasn't really that interested in this topic, the um, gender ideology, really, until about 2016, when I went to uni and I saw it really creeping in to uni in the UK. Um, and I was a bit trans women are women, okay, fair enough, I'll go along with that for a good six months or so until I really started to see what was going on with it. I came over to Australia and I saw it was absolutely crazy over here more than it was back home. Well, in the UK, though, um, Leah, you had the the Tavistock Clinic debacle over there. Um, And I I guess there's going to be lots of um, litigation about that from from detransitioners. Now, um, can you just tell me about the self-ID situation in Queensland? How far advanced is it? Well, it's not passed yet. Okay, so... 
the short title of the bill is the Births, Deaths and Marriages Registration Bill 2022. So primarily it's being pushed by Shannon Fentiman, who is Queensland's Minister for Women, the woman who believes that a woman is anyone who identifies as a woman. So she believes that a woman can have a penis. What, what, who does she represent? What electorate? Waterford, Logan. Logan. You would think that the, the vast majority of Logan residents would not agree with this potential legislation. No, they don't. The sex self-ID bill was, it'll be a new framework that allows anyone 16 years or older to apply to alter their record of sex. So in other words, you'll, you'll be able to falsify your official documentation and you'll be legally recognised as the opposite sex in law. So that's basically the, the proposed law in a nutshell. It's not quite passed yet. Does the, does the p- person have to go to a psychologist and get a, an okay that they are all right to make their own decisions? No. no. Good heavens. Is the whole Labour Party behind it, do you think? It seems that way. There's not many people in Labour that will go against the party. There's pretty much the whole party is for this. What about uh, the Greens? I believe the Greens in Queensland are very militant and very pro-trans. Is, 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 are they giving a lot of support? Hugely supportive of it. Same as the Greens in, in Victoria, and you'd think, what is wrong with the Greens here? What, what is happening? Isn't, isn't it funny? They want everyone to recognise the science of, of climate change, but they do not want people to recognise the science of biology and gender. Double X chromosomes. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, Leah, um, what's the most dangerous aspect of this self-ID legislation, do you think? It's actually hard to pick the most dangerous aspect of this because there's so much to it that we're worried about. But, and you know, not many people had an issue with transsexuals and transvestites, as they were called back in the day, because by and large, they weren't demanding to be literally seen and treated as actual women. What myself and the women that I talk to about this with, that what we're most worried about is the fact that this change in law will allow any man to be able to walk into a registry office and without any medical diagnosis, without being signed off by any therapist or medical professional, any man will be able to change his legal sex and be granted access to absolutely any female in his face, any female facility, sports, services, the lot, anything reserved for women. That's women's change rooms, bathrooms? Uh, well, I, I, phoned my, I phoned my swimming pool the other day and asked about when this comes through, if they can guarantee that me and my daughter will have space away from men, and they couldn't guarantee. You know, and any any place reserved for women will now be open to men who identify as women. Um, Leah, do you think women in Queensland, uh, and men actually, because men, you know, men are very much against this too, or the, the vast majority of men, do you think they fully understand what's happening? I think it is kind of filtering through but i don't think your average queensland queenslander has really got time to look into all of this this is being snuck under so sneakily um they're not listening to anyone that opposes it they're blocking shannon fentiman herself has blocked women from contacting her who who disagree with her so it's government by stealth really isn't it it's decision making by stealth to answer your question no, there's not enough people that there's not enough information out there about it because it's being so sneakily passed. Uh, do you have any media that's on, any mainstream media up there that's on side and giving your point of view? Because 
in New South well, New South Wales, Victoria, and most other parts of Australia, the mainstream media are very much on the trans side. Mm, well, yeah, they are here as well. But we do have Sky News. Um, they're quite good, but really the media isn't isn't great, not at all. Have you been contacted by any any uh, businesses supporting you because? A big advertising campaign on television would really rock um, the government on this. Um, And that's exactly what it needs to let average Queenslanders know what's going on. Have you been approached? No. Well, there's a challenge to big business in Queensland. If you want to get women on side um, and if you want the support of a massive amount of women in Queensland, you will um, contact Mm. Leah via this podcast um, and um, talk to her about some funding for an advertisement. You know, this is the thing. This is an absolute vote winner as well. Talking about the average people in Shannon Fentiman's um, electorate, we went there the other day. We went on Monday. Five of us went with signs. We had a big six-foot-tall sign with the definition of woman, adult, human, female. And we just stood at the side of the road for an hour. And the amount of honks and thumbs up and support we got from the just you know your average tradies on the way from work home from work your mum's bringing the kids home from school was amazing we were there for an hour and we had one car we had one car drive past that called us turfs out of that whole hour everyone else was right behind us it's clear she's not listening to her electorate um yeah i've been to logan and 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 the, the folks there would not like it very much at all yes she's going to lose her votes and perhaps she needs the people of logan to email her and phone her i would i would encourage anybody to do that and you can get her email address very easily on online and to email her or phone or phone her office and just let them know how they feel about it leah um can you just quickly tell us what what could Queensland women and men do to help this help your cause? Send emails. Definitely send emails to your politician. Just speak. If we can be loud and more loud about this, that is our power. Our power is in our voice. Yeah. So go to your member member uh, for Parliament. Um, let them know exactly how you feel, um, and particularly if you're from Logan, contact Shannon Fentiman and say we don't like it. Um, Leah, thanks so much for talking to me. I know this was a last-minute thing for you, but um, all the best, all the best in what you're doing. Appreciate it, Phil. Thank you. And that was uh, Leah Whiston uh, from Standing for Women Queensland, fighting back against the gender uh, self-ID legislation which is being proposed. And I've just heard that Shannon Fentiman, the person, the woman who's putting this Uh, proposal out there has also just taken over the health portfolio becoming the Minister for Health and Ambulance Services and Mental Health in Queensland Um, and she will continue as the Minister for Women so uh, rather than being seen as uh, just this most ridiculous bit of legislation she's now been moved also to the Minister for Health in the Palaszczuk government absolutely amazing the filtered podcast and magazine are fully funded by subscriptions and donations for 30 dollars a year or five dollars per month you get all written pieces and podcasts from the filtered substack just click on the subscribe or donate boxes to keep reading or listening to the difficult 
yet important views about society on the brink. Now, I'll add that there was a um, there was a term then used by Leo called TERF. Now, a lot of listeners will know exactly what that is, but it stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminist. Now, I'm sorry, they're not radical feminists at all. They're just women who want their own spaces, and that is fair enough. There's nothing radical about women wanting safe spaces for themselves and their daughters. Um, So now it's time for uh, my interview with Angie Jones. Angie Jones, uh, a women's rights advocate and also um, one of the uh, instigators of the visit to Australia by Kelly Jane Keane. And I began my discussion with Angie by asking her just uh, how she got into being uh, a women's advocate. I started to speak out publicly about this in 2014 when my father-in-law decided at 65 years old that he was a woman and something was really unsettling about it. And that's when I discovered what an autogynophile was. And what exactly is that? It's a man who is sexually aroused by the idea of himself as a female, as a woman. And it usually comes about through um, an interest in pornography where women are in a submissive uh, position and these men identify that with womanhood. So not every um, man who, and I'm not going to use the word trans, I'm going to use pretends to be a woman, pretends to be a woman falls under that category though, do they? I think uh, a minority don't, but I think the the reason that trans is sort of like a social contagion and that it's suddenly um, all these people are coming out of the closet, so to speak, is because the majority of the modern trans activists are porn addicted men who you know, identify with being submissive. So the problem is that you you don't have to go through any medicalisation or surgery to ID as the other gender. That's the issue, isn't it? Yes, and at the same time, anyone can identify as trans. So you don't have to have medicalisation to be accepted legally as the opposite sex. And that's where my concern comes in. As someone who's worked in crisis services and who realises the importance of female-only spaces, um, that is a huge red flag to me. The idea of self-ID is a massive red flag as it is... It is to you and it is to me, and I think it's probably a red flag to most people if they knew about it. Um, how big is this becoming? It's not. It's grown out of an idea, hasn't it, into something really quite real? Yeah, something real and sinister. Um, the whole idea of self-ID, according to Daniel Andrews, is that it would make it easier for this very tiny minority of people who had gone through lots of procedures and still, you know, and visibly looked like the opposite sex to, you know, to a reasonable standard, so a passing transsexual person. And, you know, he sold it the idea that it made it easier for that person to change their legal documents so they didn't have that embarrassing double take when they showed their identity where someone looked and went, oh, that's actually a man or, oh, that's actually a woman. So he sold it as something that that affected a tiny, tiny, tiny minority of people. So this, so this was really for transsexuals, not transgender individuals. 
He's also promoted transgenderism, particularly through children and teenagers. So the, the lobbying by you know trans groups has increased. So more kids are identifying as trans and more adults are identifying as trans. And so we've had this massive uptake of trans identities so that rather than it being a tiny minority impacting a tiny amount of people, it's growing, impacting a lot of people. And you've got in in Melbourne that well that the website um, I think it's minus eighteen is based in uh, in Melbourne, uh, which really does promote um, LGBTIQ stuff to kids. That is so promotional and celebrates this whole idea of transitioning and kids who are vulnerable who just want to be loved and perhaps celebrated are going to say wow i can be celebrated by doing this let's go yeah and they they sell it under the guise of it being lgbtq plus so they're sort of sneaking it in saying oh this is a support for you know lesbian and gay children where it isn't if a lesbian or same-sex attracted child or you know adolescent turned up to this program they would be groomed into thinking that they are the opposite sex. So it's not this innocent thing that they're selling it as. And Minus 18 was actually founded by a person who was charged with child sexual offences, and yet they kept the name. And that's something that people can Google. The, The man who was accused actually passed away before he was convicted. But You know, this is a a group that has a really, really dodgy past, and yet it's sold as the go-to place if your child is questioning their gender identity. And with government funding. With a huge amount of government funding. Well, yeah, okay. So we've got um, Victoria particularly, and Queensland is now going to be joining Victoria, I think, as one of the the leaders in this. Um, What can be done. I know that there was a a, a women's spaces rally in in Melbourne and that was highly publicised across Australia. Can you just take us through that just a a bit for the listeners sake? Uh, Kelly J Keane came out from the UK. Uh, She's a prominent uh, activist for women's rights and the, uh, you know, highlighting the erasure of women's sex-based rights, roles and spaces um, through gender ideology. So because we're in a complete and utter media blackout here in Australia and all all of the self-ID and conversion therapy laws have been passed by stealth, so the public is completely unaware of the extent of these laws, then we we decided that someone from the UK may be open, may be able to crack open the media blackout that we're all experiencing. By the time she came to Melbourne, some anti-fascists and trans rights activists from the Uni- Melbourne University um, had advertised a counter-protest where various socialist groups, Antifa um, and, you know, trans rights, sort of queer extremist groups at university, you know, you rent a crowd protesters, basically. And when we held our event, they counter-protested. So if we, if we just look at that and say, OK, we've got the counter-protesters, we've got um, the women's uh, group talking... The, the so-called neo-Nazis, but that completely destroyed the message of the meeting, which was their aim, do you think? It was an ugly scene where peaceful, mostly women, a few gay men, a few, you know, other men were trying to listen to speakers and we were drowned out and threatened by 
angry, violent counter-protesters. But that would have been the aim, wasn't it, Angie, just to completely destroy any positive publicity of your event um, by putting this group in? Yes. Yes, because the media that were there did not speak to anyone at the women's rally. They did not take any photos of the women's rally and they did not film the women's rally. So when the rally was invaded by neo-Nazis, they rushed up towards them and click, 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 you know, taking photos. And, you know, all of a sudden there was media everywhere, yet there was no media around our event. So... If Andrews and Pesuto and the media had not got involved and just said, oh, women held an anti-trans protest and didn't link us deliberately to neo-Nazis who had absolutely nothing to do with us, then none of the violence would have happened. Look, this this is is uh, with the media all over the world, but especially in Australia when we have the Melbourne Age, we have the Sydney Morning Herald, we've got the ABC completely ignoring scientific evidence around uh, transitioning and especially transitioning for kids. They're completely ignoring the abuse that you suffered uh, and that women's groups are suffering, which which is quite uh, violent, uh, certainly violent online abuse. Um, and I'm just going to read something from The Age today where it says... Key groups such as My Place and Reignite Democracy Australia, which espouse views often associated with alt-right or conspiracy theory thinking and can be hostile to the LGBTQ community, rallied supporters. Now, that is totally incorrect, but they get away with saying it. They do. Any, it's it's really got to the point where anything that the their narrative doesn't agree with is alt right. And you know, as a, a woman of Jewish ancestry, that is incredibly offensive to me. That anyone who the age doesn't agree with is a Nazi. I mean, it's just abhorrent, and it's a, a it's a dilution of how horrific the Nazis were to say that people who you know question the dubious practices of the trans rights movement are in some way extremists. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, it's an infection that's got to all aspects of the media, including commercial media. They've, they've got it too. Um, there, No one's voice can be heard who tells the truth, who uses science um, and who uses fact. It's a real issue. Now, what are the women saying to you about self-ID? Are they? Do you think women understand and know, know it about it? I don't think they realise the extent of it until it impacts on them directly, until it's a man trying to play a sport against their 14-year-old daughter, until they're the person that's in the pool change rooms changing their children's clothes and a biological male walks in until they're, at, you know, a, a gay man at a sauna and a female person with their breast removes propositions them. I don't think anybody really realises what is going on until it impacts them. And it is increasingly impacting people who consider themselves the be kind brigade, who who support trans rights, thinking that it's equal rights, that it's you know, a desire for the same rights as everybody else. But we're talking about people who already have the same rights as somebody as everybody else, but they want women's rights. They want gay men's rights. They want 
they want to be above everybody else and have take all their rights away and keep for themselves. Um, yes, there's no rights that they really don't have at the moment if they would use their correct sex bathrooms and 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 really stop or step away from indoctrinating kids, which we'll get back to this thing in Glen Waverley where people were rallying against drag queen reading to children at a library event uh, scheduled for May 19 at Oakley Library involving drag queen Sam Thompson reading books and singing songs to kiddies. Now, in anyone's mind, except for the micro-minority of transgender ID'd people, this would be such a ridiculous thing. Yet, it's become normalised with council actually funding it. Um... What's the future of this? Is this going to get worse or do you think it'll get better? I think it'll get worse before it gets better. I think as more and more people realise that this isn't just harmful, you know, harmless family entertainment, that that drag queens aren't just like clowns and, you know, clowns now have, have been sort of erased from being children's entertainment because so many predators were hiding behind being clowns. Um, I think that more and more people will wake up because drag really isn't family entertainment. There was one at Hobart Library recently and he was boasting about masturbation and boasting about some really dodgy things on his Facebook profile and yet he was asked to read books to children too. So I don't think there is such a thing as a family-friendly drag queen. No, it's adult entertainment. Definitely. I've been to plenty of drag shows. I used to work in a gay bar and they are they, you know, at times were quite funny. Um and, yeah. and but, but it's not for played. kids. No, it's not for children. It's potentially terrifying for children too, you know, and confusing for children to see oh, a man in woman confusing. face like that. Just as it's terrifying for a lot of children to see clowns or, you know, people in animal costumes. It can be quite yeah. confusing for kids. And I don't understand the logic of parents who, who don't think it will be. No, I don't understand that either. And I really stick by that some parents should not be parents because surely it, they should be able to see through this. I'm not sure. I think that, uh, you know, as, a, as a, someone who is traditionally from the left, I think they've confused all of this stuff with the fight for, you know, gay rights, basically. I think that they the, the, the way that the gender uh, ideology has tagged itself onto the other side of the LGB movement is how this stuff is being normalised. Ten years ago, I don't think people would have fallen for this. But then it's been also normalised by things like RuPaul's Drag Show, which is a very, very popular show that you know whole families watch together. Like I think it's yeah, it's been a deliberate sneaking in with LGB rights. And LGB are now trying to uh, withdraw from the LGBTQI plus banner. Um, and um, separate themselves because this one in all in um, sort of hive mind thinking is not suiting them. They see the uh, the problem with the trans community and they don't want to be a part of it. So that will be an interesting thing to watch. Well, I'm from a generation where gay men were fighting tooth and nail to not be associated with being, you know, potential child molesters or groomers like you know they fought successfully to clear homosexuality of being seen as a deviance and these deviants 
many of them uh, who are heterosexual have succeeded in attaching themselves again to the LGB. So, and it's men who are familiar with the original fight who are leading the charge because they remember how insidious they were in invading the gay men's, you know, spaces and networks. And they know what they're looking at and they can see them coming in via trans. The Filtered Podcast can be heard on most streaming services or the Substack platform. It only costs $30 per year Australian to subscribe to both the podcast and the magazine. That's just $20 US. To subscribe, just search for Filtered on Substack. Um, and it's interesting that the LGB community fought so hard for to have kids and to maybe adopt kids. And the protection of kids is pretty big within that community. And now, horrifically, they're seeing what's happening due to the trans community. Um, so I would I would think that the, perhaps the whole Rainbow Alliance will splinter by the end of 2024. Could be wrong, but I think that's the way it's going. I, I think that's sort of necessary too because the definition of, of trans and drag and cross-dressing and in, uh, man <laughs> and woman, it's all been mixed up so much that there really is no safeguarding. And, you know, we know everything comes in cycles. So there's this is sort of the time where everything's sort of boundaryless and debauched. And we know the natural response of society is to come back at that with what people would call a conservatism. And being a conservative is very out of fashion at the moment. But once the reality of what is happening to children becomes public knowledge, I think the vast majority of people will turn against this ideology. I really do. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, Australians didn't vote for any of the gender diversity or self-ID stuff that we've been talking about. Um, It's labelled under progressive legislation introduced into all the states. It's sort of like a, a silent manifesto that's been brought in by a few. I noticed the Greens are now waving that flag very heavily. Would a movement targeting politicians have any impact? A lot of the the Greens in particular have people with some very disturbing views lobbying within the Greens to bring in rules and legislation that are harmful for women and children. But what about other politicians? I think it may. I don't think many of them don't really understand the extent of this. There will be politicians that dig their heels and refuse to talk, but if enough people contact them, they will be forced to do something. Um, I'm currently sort of talking to local government about this because directives are coming from the state government to remove all of the uh, single-sex toilet facilities and replace them with unisex. I'm trying to find out where the law changed uh, to remove single-sex requirements, uh, things like that. You know, ask questions, make them accountable for how this ideology has come to pass and and been promoted. Because once people realise that, you know, maybe the law isn't changed, maybe they're just doing it for ideological reasons, that kind of... That sort of clicks in people's heads that there's something a bit more sinister going on. Look, finally, um, an international advertising campaign featuring detransitioners, um, you know, the likes of Chloe Cole, perhaps, 
would dilute many areas because it focuses on children. And if we can focus on children, the media cannot um, ignore it because they love things about kids. So would an international advertising campaign featuring detransitioners work and um, become actually a news item in itself if the funds could be raised? I think that would be a good idea and I think it should be a, an accurate portrayal of the physical side effects of, of gender surgery and hormones as well. There are a lot of trans activists overseas and in Victoria who transitioned as adolescents and a balance of regretters would be appreciated. It is incredibly difficult for these people to speak up because they not only get... Uh, harassed by trans rights activists but they're required to tell deeply personal stories to the public so i understand the reluctance of detransitioners to speak up but there are enough now that there should be enough to speak up and be protected so i think it would be a really good idea angie um if any uh, detransitioners are listening um I change the voices of people. I run another podcast for teachers where teachers can't speak out either. And I change their voices, change their names. It's all done with AI. You wouldn't have a clue who's speaking. But if any detransitioners are listening, please contact um, me via the Substack platform and um, we can talk about how we can get your voice out there. I find it quite ridiculous that here we are discussing the fact that people are ready to believe that a man is a woman because he says he is it's such a ludicrous concept and yet so many people are willing to lie and go along with it and that was angie jones a women's rights advocate from melbourne in victoria and angie was um, one of the ones to organise the Kelly J. Keane visit to Australia. Uh, so well done for that, Angie. And on listening to both Leah Whiston and Angie Jones, it seems obvious that if any company selling exclusively women's products, not pretend women's products, but real women's products, um, wanted to be on the right side of history and wanted to gain hundreds of and hundreds of thousands of new customers, now is the time. Because I think women are sick of companies uh, virtue signalling by men pretending to be women as um, brand ambassadors. It's become absolutely stupid. So if you can imagine a swimwear company um, came out in favour of women's spaces and women's rights now, um, I'd certainly buy shares in them. Um, so it is time for that. Now, you can get in contact with uh, Angie Jones or with uh, Leah Whiston by contacting them through me. Just go phil at filtered, P-H-I-L-T-E-R-E-D dot com dot A-U. Phil at filtered dot com dot A-U. And I'll make sure that your message gets to them. Um, you can also uh, communicate with me via Substack, by the um, filtered Substack, and I'll make sure that they get your message. 
Now, there's no doubt that every other state in Australia are looking to Queensland and looking to Victoria to see what's going to happen about this self-ID legislation, how it's going to be accepted. And if it is accepted, this is going to be the Australian status quo. And we have to fight back against this with everything that we've got, really, because this self-ID legislation is going to change the very face of Australia. I think to finish off this little segment here, we're going to listen to Sal Grover. Now, Sal Grover is the CEO of Giggle for Girls, Proprietary Limited, and um, she was interviewed on uh, Stoker on Sunday for Sky News, and um, thanks thanks to Sky News for allowing me to use this. This is um, Sal Grover, and she talks about the adults in the room. It's like a smoke screen, so nobody can sit there and actually have the discussion we all need to have about sex and gender and women's rights and how they're actually currently under attack in this country, which is proven even more so by the expulsion of Moira Deeming. Others who are in this space, whether it's Dan Andrews, John Fusudo, Shannon Fentiman, they are making a bigger drama out of this. What we need is for the adults in the room to have to get together and have a mature, fact-based, rational discussion about the conflicts of women's rights and trans rights and move forward. At the moment, they're just continuing the drama. They're making it worse. Yeah, good on you, Sal Grover. Good on you. Stoker on Sunday too, and uh, thank you, Sky News. Um, It's going to be hard to find some adults in the room in today's political landscape, but let's hope we can find some. Um, I'm afraid at the universities too, um, you've got to be brave lecturers, you've got to be brave staff, don't use the preferred pronouns, don't go along with this uh, radical trans ideology. Yes, it's fine to be trans, but this radical extremist trans ideology is just going too far. You've been listening to Filtered, the podcast. My name is Phil Dye. I'm going to have uh, a few weeks respite from the podcast and from writing. Um, Please uh, consider being a sponsor or or a subscriber to the podcast because um, there's nothing, no one gets paid here. Um, And becoming a subscriber helps keep this important discussion about society on the brink going. I'll see you again soon. 